The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by the Reverend Zach Keel. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. So we turn for our devotional to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. So just the first seven verses of that fifth chapter. God's Word. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To, To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Do not be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much busyness and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are holy and that we are yours in Jesus Christ and that you nourish us and you shepherd us with your word, which is sufficient and which is true to build us up in Christ and lead us in that everlasting way. So as we meditate upon your word this morning, may we do so with faith and eagerness and a heart to learn and walk before you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we talk about wisdom and the wisdom literature, often we're thinking about man and his world. Wisdom literature deals with life in this world under the sun. Indeed, wisdom is the art of living well. Sure, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, and it very much concerns morality, But wisdom's focus is still very much on our everyday lives, how we can live good and upright before our Lord in this world. Well, Ecclesiastes, or the preacher, Kohelet, uh, takes us now back to the beginning. If wisdom is about living out in this world, here he takes us back to the fear of the Lord, and particularly to focus a little bit about our conduct before God within worship and prayer. He takes us out of the common realm for a moment and into the holy realm. Know what he says, guard your steps, be careful, watch yourself, be alert. This is dangerous ground, and a warning sign goes up, and when? When you go to the house of God. Now, in, in this setting, this house of God could refer to the synagogue, and it would, over, it would include that, But the preacher here is probably most likely thinking of the temple. 
the holy realm where they go. Note he mentions sacrifice, and so that only happens in the temple. So here he's focusing on our conduct in worship and in prayer during rituals of worship. And know what he says, it's better to draw near to listen than to offer the sacrifice of fools. So what's the sacrifice of fools? Well, Kohelet is very much seeing that there's a problem, and he sees this problem, it's assumed throughout as he's warning against it. What is this problem? Well, it's this problem of the misuse and manipulation of God with worship, with words and with sacrifice. Note here that the fool's sacrifice, he does what is wrong, but he doesn't even know it. This idea of going through the motions, this idea of using sacrifice to manipulate God to make yourself look honorable or good and to have God give you blessings. And thus he says it's better to go and to listen, to have the attitude to learn, to understand, and to be teachable. And then this grows from listening to then not speaking. Note he says, do not be hasty, do not be rash in uttering a word before God. Here we see the problem of being loquacious before God. The problem is being overzealous with prayers, oaths, and religious speak. Indeed, what is our tendency? Our tendency is that we use many words to show off our religiosity. We perform prayer recklessly, with perfunctory ways, and in order, again, to manipulate God. So he says, watch out. Be careful of speaking before the Lord, and do not speak a lot. And note he grounds this exhortation is, why? God is in heaven, and you are on earth. He grounds this in, in our identity, who God is and who we are. Here, this idea of God being heaven has a judicial aspect to it, as well as a lofty aspect. God is the holy other, the transcendent, the all-knowing. He is unique and powerful. While we are on earth, we are mortal, we are limited, we are sinful. And thus, it's honorable and respectful to not be so chatty when you are in the presence of the supreme and holy God. As one earlier, early commentator said on this, he says, the, wor the words of humans before the Holy One should always be few. And again, he continues on with his exhortation. First, he says, draw near to listen, not to be a fool with sacrifice. Don't be hasty to speak much. And finally, he compares the fool's many words with a dream. Verse 3 here. Now, dream here is an image or a metaphor for something that is illusionary, unreal, and fleeting. And yet, notice says this dream comes with much busyness. If you've ever had a dream, realistic, that's stressful, you wake up and it feels like you've been working all night during your dream, and you wake up and you're tired from your dream, but it was a whole lot of nothing. Nothing happened. Well, this is the comparison to a fool's speech. He piles up words, he's loquacious, he prattles on, but the much talk produces nothing. 
weariness that wears you out. Thus, Kohelet here shows how he's fully aware of our human limits and our tendencies that we use many words naturally lead us into folly. Much talking ends up being bad for us. So this example is the more words that we pile up, the more we go down the path of folly. And as the words pile up, it's like a tiring dream. It wears you out. It's a lot of business, but it amounts to nothing. And I think as, as we hear this advice, as we see Kohelet's understanding of our natural tendency as humans to use speech to become fools, it's important us to think about our worship and our prayer life. It's not too common nowadays to hear advice of we need more singing in our worship. We need longer prayer times. In fact, our worship seems to be coming a little bit more like the internet or social media. If, any, if the internet and social media is about anything, it's about endless prattling. Everybody has a time to express their opinion, to remark, to dislike even if Twitter limits you to 140 characters, you can just tweet again and again and again on every matter under the sun. So also our prayer meetings have a tendency to wax long while everybody competes for the most pious, longest prayer. But Kohelet reminds us that God doesn't like noisy demonstrations. In fact, in the history of the church, one of the reasons why they used forms for prayer and didn't deviate from them was because of this danger. When we deviate from the form, we end up just endless prattling before God. And the more words, the farther we walk down the path of the fool. And again, now Kohelet moves on from now many words to the type of words. He looks at vows. Now, vows, as you know, in the Old Testament are conditional promises to God. Lord, if you answer my prayer, I will offer you a sacrifice. And Kohelet here quotes Deuteronomy 23 and says, it is better not to vow than to vow and not pay. We need to keep our promises. His point is God holds us accountable. As we come before God in worship, God holds us accountable, especially with our promises and vows, but with all things. Note here, too, he kind of sets out a scenario with this messenger or this agent. Now, the picture here is probably in the temple. You pray and you offer a vow. Lord, if you give me a kid, I will bring a sacrifice. And a temple servant hears this. You, have a, you get, have, get pregnant and have a kid. The temple servant then comes and says, you owe the temple that sacrifice. And what does the, the guy say? Do not say before the messenger, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to make that vow. Here you're making an excuse for not keeping your promise. And what does he say? Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? God holds us accountable for our speech before him, especially our promises but all of our words in song and in prayer before our Lord. So it's important here to listen to what the Kohelet is saying and note what he finishes with. 
he takes us back to the image of a dream. For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. Or better, when dreams and absurdities increase, so words increase. The point is, as words increase, so does the nothingness and absurdities of our words. And so he finishes kind of where he began with the one to fear is to fear God, to honor and respect his authority, his lordship, and that we come to listen, to hear what he has to say, and not just to prattle along with our opinions. Now, lest we think that this is all Old Testament, this is not New Testament sort of aspect for worship, we should remember what Hebrews 12 says. Hebrews 12 says we come to the new heavenly Jerusalem in Christ, that better blood, and then he says we are to offer acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is consuming fire. Even in Christ and in New Testament worship, Hebrews reminds us that our greater access to God through Christ still brings us to a God who is holy, who we must fear. Indeed, it's hard not to read Kohelet's exhortation and think of the greatest sage, Jesus, who in the Sermon on the Mount said, don't be like the Pharisees who pray on the street corner to be heard. Don't be like the Gentiles who multiply words. Jesus also said, don't use a lot of words in prayer. Don't use prayer as a way to show off, to a way to bring honor to yourself or manipulate God. Indeed, Jesus says, go into your prayer closet. Pray privately. Let people not know that you pray. And then what prayer did he give us? The Lord's Prayer. If you've ever thought about it, the Lord's Prayer is about as brief a prayer as you can get. Maybe 30 seconds to read it. It's short, it's brief, and it's simple. And yet the more you meditate on the Lord's Prayer, you also realize it is bottomless. It is deep and rich. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Those phrases have no end to them. And for our life, for understanding, And the longer you live with the Lord's Prayer, the more you'll love it and respect it and see how profitable it is for our lives. We don't need lots of words. We don't need to be loquacious and prattle on. God in Christ has given us the words that we need in the Lord's Prayer. Indeed, this also reminds us of one other aspect of our prayer, Romans 8 where Paul says we do not know how to pray and the petitions we can't even put into words. But who helps us? Well, the Lord gives us the Lord's Prayer, and as Paul says in Romans 8, the Spirit helps us to pray, to pray with us and for us as we don't have to. Thus, what, is our, what helps us to be quiet in prayer, to not prattle on? It's the fact that Jesus is praying for us. Why do we need to pray much if Jesus is praying for us, if the Spirit is praying with us and in us? For he who prays for us is our advocate who died for us. And he prays from the right hand of the Father 
And everything Jesus asks for, the Father will give to Christ for his glory and our good. Thus, we don't need to pray long, but we can quiet our souls and come before God to listen, to pray with Christ and know that Christ is praying for us. Because Christ's words are sufficient. Just as his blood and death and resurrection is sufficient, so his prayers are sufficient for our everyday lives, anxieties, and concerns. Thus, in this world that we live in that is so chatty, that is so loquacious, always wanting and loving to hear the sound of its own voice, it is good for us in worship to be silent, to let our words be few, knowing that Christ, our true advocate, has given us the only prayer that we need and is praying for us, and he's always heard, for our strength, for our faith, for our salvation, and ultimately for our resurrection. Thus, may this be an encouragement and a comfort to you and also a reminder to hold your tongue because sometimes it is good to be silent before the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Your will be done and your kingdom come forth. Help us, O Lord, to rest in the words of Christ and his praying so that we are not loquacious and foolish as we come to worship and pray before you. Give us this wisdom as we come into your house. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2017, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.